You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Grawlix Nights, the Grawlix podcast live show on a Friday. Whoa. We are obviously very prepared. I have a feeling all that's probably like didn't actually hit the live stream anyway at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. I found it weird that the intro started playing, but it didn't mute your mic automatically, Jesse. Did you know? Oh, so that? you heard all that. Okay. I heard a little <laughs> bit of it. I heard a little bit of it, but then it like it was just a little slow to the pickup. Yeah. Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh yeah, Friday night instead of yesterday, because people were busy. People got things to do. Yep. Uh, so we're kicking it on. A f- Savannah said, the, uh, by the way, hi, Savannah. The caption said, Grolic, Garlic Nights. <laughs> my my favorite is, what uh, what was it? Something about grog. Groglicks. <laughs> well, I know when a lot of the smart speakers were podcasting, like podcasts were hitting the smart, smart speakers, I tried to promote like, hey, just say... Hey, whoever played Grolix podcast, but none of them understand Grolix. So it just didn't work. Yeah. Man, yeah. nothing about our like initial vision for the show makes any sense to anyone. Yeah. Melanie has expressed like some regret at recommending Grolix just because nobody still nobody knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you know what Grolix is, it fits so well. Right. It's just it's a word people don't know. Right. And yeah. now there's that comedy group, the Grolix, and they, they were around before, but they didn't have a podcast. And I was like, well, we, there's, it's fine. We're not doing the same thing. We're in very different areas of whatever. So there's not going to be any overlap, but they do have a podcast now. Fortunately, it's, it's like Grolix saves the world or something like that. But I'm like, oh God, that they pop up whenever I search Grolix podcast in like a new podcast directory or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. that muddies, muddies the water too. Yeah. Well, so, maybe, maybe if episode 100 ever comes out, maybe after after episode 100 comes out, maybe we're just not even Grolix anymore. <laughs> I mean, we have other domains that we're just sitting on. Oh, I know we are, and I am jealous of such domains, and I'm I mean, happy. I'm happy to adopt those, like I adopt mean, that title. If if we're just I parking them, I mean, I love it. I noticed it redirects to Grolix already. So yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Paul, I'm not going to say it out loud. Cause I don't want to trigger anyone's smart devices. Um, I do. Hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> Call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That would be so great. If everyone's mom suddenly got like a call. We would, and that would be because of us. Mm-hmm. Call your we're, moms. We're, we're bringing families together. Yes. Come on. <laughs> like, you're not thinking about them right now, are you? You got enough things on your plate, but you should be. <laughs> Savannah says, I don't have Siri, but please don't. Well, okay. In some cases, you don't yeah. have to call your mom. Right. You probably shouldn't. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Order PlayStation 5. The order ones where you can just order things, that makes me nervous. Is there no like security like oh, confirmation man. you have to do? 
the worst is those little buttons that Amazon was putting out for a long time where it's like, oh, I need Tide. I'll just bam, push the bam, button. Bam, bam. Oh, that's such yeah, that a one, bad idea. What do kids this. love to do in the elevator? Hit all the buttons. And now it takes you an hour to get to the top floor. There's got to be some horror stories about such a thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are. Yeah. Uh, so what we're doing tonight, everybody, is we're not just talking about this, uh, our <laughs> podcast title and uh, weird smart speaker disasters. Uh, we're going to react at the news. We're going to react at the news. Um, oh, Savannah said there's a confirmation set to my phone. Be- sent. There's a confirmation sent to her phone because she has kids. Okay. Oh, so that would stop the like automatic just like ordering good. crap and yeah. charging your card because everybody's cards tied to that anyway. Um, uh, there's a ton of interesting or maybe not interesting, definitely not important, but there's a a ton of news that is very Grolix appropriate. It's very, very nerdy. Like I said, and then some things that are just kind of interesting. And then of course the star segment of every episode. Now there will be Mm -hmm. some Snyder watch, Mm -hmm. but first, did you watch anything, Randy? I did watch some things. In fact, you did too. And I know what they are because we watched them together. That's right. Um, I haven't been watching any TV that I can think of. I I, I don't think there's any shows that I'm currently like hitting hard. Mm -hmm. Um, It was Agatha all along. (laughs) We are, we have not watched today since we're, Streaming live Friday. We have not watched today's Melanie and I have not watched today's WandaVision. I know Jesse has. Otherwise, we probably would be talking about WandaVision. Yeah. He wants to say things. <laughs> I have so things to say. We're not going to. Paul says he's actually excited for the Snyder Watch. Well, we're probably not talking about that one. <laughs> yeah. Is there one I missed? There I probably know. is. <laughs> I don't know. Uh so first Melanie threw this suggestion at, suggestion at me. I didn't know I had never not heard of this movie. It's new, I think. Yeah, it's um, on Netflix. Apparently everyone's seen it now, but we watched I Care a lot. Mm-hmm. Are you like not familiar? A Care Bear movie? No. <laughs> no. The title did not. the title did make me think that. Do they come in fact, down I, in cloud cars? I saw the title and I was like, care a lot. I care a lot. Because, yeah, I'm a Care Bear girl. So, I Care A Lot, it's on Netflix right now. <laughs> and it's got, is that Rosamund Pike? Is that her name? I think so. Uh, Peter Dinklage, whatever, a bunch of people. Peter, Peter Dinklage, Dinklage was my, yeah, that was my selling point for Randy. I'm like, we got to watch this movie. It's got the chick from the, the hallway uh, massive attack video. It's not a hallway. It's like a subway. Subway but, massive attack. There's a great massive attack uh, music video. It's for which, Voodoo in My Blood, I think is the name of the song. Yeah. Uh, it's a classic video. Go watch it. Yeah. It's but great. it's got that chick who's this, like the lead in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Peter Dinklage. And he is a selling point because I had, I was actually, I randomly think of Peter Dinklage. And I just yeah. the other day, I was like, where, where is he? Where is Peter Dinklage? <laughs> Peter because Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. I love that he didn't get just like, uh, you know, probably don't even need to mention it, but the elephant in the, he, he's a little person. And I love that he didn't just get like sidelined into little person roles. He was in. Dude, he, isn't he? Tr- he's, yeah, he's Trask. Yeah. He, yeah. 
he just gets love roles. That. And this is that's mm-hmm. the same in this. He's just he's a dude in here. Like it's mm-hmm. not anything specific about him being a little person. I love that. I'm pretty sure they don't mention it at all ever. No. And he is, and he's great. Yeah. He's just good. So that was a selling point. Uh, Savannah says, Oh, I want to see, I care a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Melanie. Yes. No spoiler. No spoiler. Don't spoil this movie. It's new. No. People haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It, there are memes of it already. Yes. Um, this is, I, most of the, most of this movie I did not enjoy. I did not have a good time. Right. Me, me. Either. Well, that's not like it was. So a you good didn't movie. care a lot. No, it's it's kind of. I up. care it's too like, much. Yeah. It's, oh boy. It's it's like I don't want to root for this person because I really kind of hope they die. But this is, <laughs> this is not a spoiler. This is like established very early in very the very early. Yeah. The lead is the worst villain. Is like one of the most evil villains I've seen in a movie in a long time. Mm-hmm. And part of what makes her so evil and irritating to watch is because it's based in reality. She yeah. is, there are, these people are out there for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's infuriating. Yes, it is. <laughs> you in, you got I want embraced. that to be like a gif now. You saying infuriating. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. Ish. <laughs> Savannah says, ooh, it sounds like I would root for the lead. I would think oh. less of you as a person. I don't think you will. <laughs> I would think less of you. Just saying. Yeah. And so the whole movie, like, you're like, yes, I want, when is this character going to die? Like, I need, I need this. <laughs> I need yeah. this character to get killed off if there's any justice in the world. Or and if, if not killed off, at least imprisoned or something. Like, this person should not be allowed to walk free amongst decent human beings and and part of it is i think it's not a bad movie Mm-mm. it it intentionally is like knows that it has like it probably make made you hate this character and then the movie treats this character as the protagonist like mm-hmm. you're supposed to root for her as she's like overcoming things and it's like and that makes it more irritating but i know it's totally intentional yeah. But it's so frustrating. And part of it is like, so it has to do with um, basically taking advantage of old people. And it's like, this exists, but I didn't realize this existed to this point. So it's very much like a, a not crime crime rooted in reality. That's like something I'd never thought of. And it just makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I would recommend it to people. And right. the, doing the thing that they do where they make the evil, the evilest person in the show, in my opinion, even though I'll ever, oh, there's a lot of people in there that are not good people, but arguably the, the most evil person in the show, the protagonist. I, I love that they did that because really what they're doing is pointing out the way at least America, if not other countries behave. They're like, capitalism is king and you should be a lion and, and you know, be the 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 uh, what do you call it? That eats alpha. other animal. Yeah, be the yeah. alpha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be the alpha. Be ruthless. Be the uh, predator. That's what it was. It sucks that I actually knew what that was gonna be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Be the predator, not the prey, and that's that's uh, that's how you apex predator. Yes, yeah. and and we have that mentality, and it 
it allows for things like this to happen, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and we shouldn't be rooting for that type of people. Just like, you know, we should. Yeah, Savannah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed the movie. It was very frustrating. I've never wanted somebody to die off more. I don't, I don't think in anything I've ever watched, but even Joffrey, I mean, like since we're talking about Peter Dinklage, Joffrey's Joffrey. Ooh, we should do, we should do a list episode of who do you want to die? Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, like the most frustrating, (laughs) most most hated. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Joffrey is bad and I didn't care for him, but, and, and and he was evil too. But I felt more like, he should have just been like horribly embarrassed and stripped of his wealth. And that would have been fine with this chick. I don't feel like that would have been enough necessarily, but anyway, let's move on. So I didn't really watch a whole lot, except I did watch this. This is one of those movies. Like there are a whole lot of movies right now that I am finding that I'm like, Hey, I want to watch that. It's not streaming anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. This is one of those movies. The Basketball Diaries. Wow. Yeah, I felt like watching that, and so we did. Um, and I forgot how dark it was. I yeah, was like, hey, you know what? It's about a poet. It's about a poet. And I, <laughs> I own a couple Jim Carroll books. Uh, and then I watched this movie, and I was like, oh, it's basically about ruining your own life. Yeah, I was going to say, how you're like, I feel like being super depressed today. Let's go watch Basketball Diaries. Right. So, I mean, that's basically what I watched and it's, uh, it's dark and it's got mm-hmm. Donnie. It's uh, not Donnie, Mark Wahlberg. It's got the successful Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. We found a transformer. <laughs> Good vibrations. The other thing, <laughs> Hey, do you guys want to see me destroy something beautiful? Like, uh, Edward Norton in, uh, fight club. <laughs> Why are you gonna open that? Wait, what yeah, that? I'm gonna open that. That's oh. uh, that's a Marvel Legends figure. It's uh-huh. in this beautiful retro Spider-Man packaging, right? Yeah. Super cool from the uh-huh. '90s uh, animated series. I'm gonna tear it open. Why? Because I feel like destroying something beautiful, like Jared Leto. You're going. We're going solo screen for this. Ugh! Actually, I don't know how to tear this open. I'm just gonna rip it. Oh, I ripped oh my through gosh. it. You see that? Oh, that's no that's, longer. It's uh, no longer only at Grolic's Nights. Are you going to get this kind of destructive force? That was this mint. Is, oh, I think I lost something. Oh, already? Nope, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, yeah. So it's Daredevil, but it's Daredevil from the uh, Fall from Grace uh-huh. uh, series. And uh, so he's wearing the black and red costume with the silver. Uh, shoulder pads there mm-hmm. he's got an extra head there in case you want everyone to know he's matt burdock uh so yeah when did that become a thing i've noticed that on a lot of action figures lately that they have extra heads is that yeah that's when a new did... thing yeah it's weird isn't it i generally when bit. i had dolls i didn't switch their heads around much but i mean you know whatever so that was right after the kingpin fell and uh he had to kind of go into hiding, so he apparently needed a darker costume <laughs> with silver shoulder pads, because that will help his echolocation somehow. I'm sure. Oh, I got Danny O'Manny. Oh man, you know who else has got Danny right. O'Manny? You no win. one. I've no got one. him. <laughs> You're the only one that has that figure. 
<laughs> so you know, uh, Danny O'Manny TikTok. Here's it. Here it is. <laughs> um, Savannah, by the way, what did you watch? That felt like a uh, like a. I went back and rewatched a movie too. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And in the meanwhile, what else did we watch? Because I don't remember nothing. I know you don't. <laughs> I never do. Okay, this movie is super interesting. It was a little disappointing, and I know I'm giving like my thoughts on it before even revealing what it is. Um, it's called Freaky. Oh, yeah. Savannah, the first Adams Family movie from the '90s. I'm assuming. Uh, that movie's great, by the way. That, that movie is great. Oh, but I will say, it's one of the few. Sorry, sorry, one of the few movies where I think the sequel is better. I honestly, I don't know if that I've watched the sequel all the way through. I watched the original a million times. What? Yeah. Well, what year no. did it come out? I feel like it just hit in a weird time in my life, like that I just wasn't watching movies or something. Well, we're going to have to sit down and watch it because Adam pa Adam's Family Values is fantastic. And it's not just because I have a weird love of Jane Cusack, or jo excuse me, Joan Cusack. I don't know why I said Jane, but... um. It's it's just a great movie, and it, and the first one is really really good. I like it, but the second one's even better. And the camp, oh, the camp stuff, is priceless. <sighs> great great pick, Savannah. I need to. Act, that's actually on my list of uh, of oh. Look at him. Look at s slick. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you, Paul. I dare you. <laughs> um. Okay, so freaky. Do you remember this movie at all, Melanie? Oh, I do. I do. Okay, this was this is uh, I believe written and directed by the guy who did the Happy Death Day movies. Mm -hmm. And when I found that out, I was like, "Oh, we got to watch this." Yeah, and real quick, the original title, but they weren't allowed to use it for licensing reasons, was Freaky Friday the Thirteenth, which is, is the yeah. That's the movie. If you like here, okay. Yeah, the original title, and I even like guessed it. I was like, because the title is freaky, and I don't re remember the title screen popping up anywhere, but it does a countdown to Friday the 13th in the movie. And the when it finally flashes Friday the 13th, it's suspiciously close to the actual Friday the thir 13th logo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, this is freaky. So is this freaky Friday the 13th? That's exactly what this movie is. It's freaky yeah. Friday. But slasher movie, yeah. Uh, it's, it's body swap. Uh, what else? What other movies do that? Um, other movies that body swap besides Freaky Friday. But was it Vice oh, Versa that, with Tom Hanks? Yeah, no, that well, big. That that Deuce Bigelow one is the one that I thought was the most like it. Um, it's not Deuce Bigelow. It was with Rob the guy Schneider from Deuce Bigelow. Was, yeah. There's other no guys. There's like the ones that did it first, even before Freaky Friday. Wasn't there like? I feel like we're missing the main movies that people would know. People know what we're talking about. Parent Trap. Parent oh, Trap. That, that is no, totally they, wrong. Is trap is, yeah, they don't switch bodies. They just switch places because they're already twins. Oh, um, maybe that's what Prince and the Pauper. Same that's problem. I'm done. That's, that's you guys, you guys are terrible. Okay. No, I, think, I think Freaky Friday should be fine because really there have been like three Freaky Fridays. If you haven't seen at least one of them, then you shouldn't be out loud in public. I don't know. Paul says, I told you this would be good. Paul, you probably did. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. 
but it was. I had not. Rec- I did not recall ever hearing of this movie before we come across it, and we come across it because it was uh, on the Dead Meat YouTube channel. Did a kill count of it, which is a great series if you've never watched it. If you're into horror movies, you got to watch that. Um, and it's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn plays the killer, and hence Vince Vaughn plays the killer. And who is the Catherine Newton plays the teenage girl. And when the killer, the slasher uh, stabs the girl with this cursed sacrificial dagger, they swap bodies. And mm-hmm. uh, that's the movie. So it, most of the time it's Vince Vaughn as a teenage girl, a slight criticism. I don't like Vince Vaughn. Like I, in general, I think he's actually not bad. He, he's pretty funny in this. Slight criticism is he plays it more like a teenage girl than the teenage girl did when she was her. Right. Uh, so he played it up maybe a bit too much or she played it down. Also, they did the like, she's the nerdy chick, except she's totally just the hot chick, but that they put in like a flannel shirt or something in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and why as why would the serial... Okay, I'm jumping right into criticisms. Um, this is totally... Paul says, I see you never listen to me. I dude, I just don't remember. I think I would remember Freaky Friday the 13th. Okay. I thought I remembered Vice Versa, which starred Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage, but I didn't. Yeah, you called it you called it big instead. <gasps> I called it big. Yeah, big isn't really a body swap. Big is just like a he's suddenly a different person. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, this is straight up a comedy. It's yeah. straight up like it starts off and I'm like, God, this is such a parody. Like, okay, so this is the movie the characters are watching or something. No, it's just the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I said it's a good movie, it's not a good movie. It's a good fun movie. Right. If that makes more sense. So it's not meant to, it's not going to win any awards. Nobody expects that. Um, but it's just a good time. Uh, was, I'm sorry. Keep. It's, I'm, it's a parody of two different movies. So it's obviously really not that original. Uh, but it's still really fun. And they do, and they do lots of stuff that, you know, we were both laughing out loud, uh, even though we don't like Vince Vaughn and, and some of the characters are caricatures, but they still did interesting and fun stuff with it. So this guy, uh, what's his name? Christopher Landon. He loves going like slasher eighties, early nineties concept comedy put them mm-hmm. together because happy death day is totally slasher plus groundhog's day happy death day 2 is slasher plus groundhog's day plus like all the 80s adventures kids adventure <laughs> movies yeah and this is freaky friday plus or freaky friday plus slasher plus also 80s adventure time and yeah. more in tone it doesn't get into like weird concepts like happy death day 2 but at one point melanie's like what did you say you're like is that that sounds like Goonies music or something? Yeah, it did. Sound when like our group of teens is like getting together trying to figure out how to like reverse this issue, and mm-hmm. at one point, much like many times throughout Happy Death Day two, I'm I swear I heard a Back to the Future like audio cue, mm-hmm. and it happened to be when uh the teenage girl's mom was hitting on the killer guy who 
was not the killer guy at that time. It was her, her, her daughter in the body. And she didn't know that, of course, and she's hitting on this guy. And there was the little, like, Back to the Future cue. I'm like, is that a Back to the Future incest joke? <laughs> oh, too soon. Is it? I don't know. It's only like 35 years old. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make Back to the Future, okay? It's fair. Or Star Wars. The first one. <laughs> That's right. What was up with the 80s? <laughs> um. Paul says it's a masterclass in horror comedy. It once I when I heard it was by the Happy Death Day guy, I my expectations were a little high, so I wasn't in love with it, but I did enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it the body swap things are interesting and can be fun. Um, anyway, but when you when you put in. The, put it into a slasher movie. So it's like this teenage girl is swapped bodies. So now there's a teenage girl running. That is actually a, like a psychotic killer running around in a teenage girl's body. That adds like, you know, fun elements to it. So, you know, the killer can like kill somebody and then the cops go up and she's like, Oh my God, no. And you know, and, and everybody is like, Oh, it's a teenage girl. We got to save and protect her. And I'm like, that's so fun. You know, it's, I don't know. It, there's things like that, that, I guess it is original just in that way. It's not, even though none of the concepts are original, they take it to an original place because of stuff like that. I will say fun. <laughs> I will say serial killer in his own body can't be bothered to shave or clean or wash his clothes. And he just wears black and his hair is messy. He's just a very disheveled older Vince Vaughn. <laughs> the same killer in a teenage girl's body suddenly can dress up in a way that catches everyone's attention at school. Like, Oh wow. What's she wearing and knows how to put on lipstick. Like, yeah. what is this? I was so confused. I wasn't confused, but I was like, wait, I get it. Like she just needs to look like a, like a bad girl now. But like suddenly the killer's concerned about, about like personal hygiene. Well, girls do live with different expectations than boys. So, you know, can't sure. talk right now. I'm doing a hot girl crawlics. <laughs> what is that a reference? I don't. I don't understand that. That's, that's a TikTok thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. too old for TikTok, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low blow. Like, uh, no one's too old for TikTok. But you probably should feel bad after a certain age. <laughs> oh, come on. Some people have waited 42 years to find their audience. No, TikTok's fine. I I'm obviously not on it, so I have to make the like it's for the kids joke. But you know what? All these things were for the kids until until yeah, we got on there and took it over. Kids until it wasn't. Until the advertiser are like, there's a lot of kids on here. And then everybody's like, that's where the money's at. And yeah. then they were like, hey, Kappa, there's kids on there. Right. And then it'll be ruined. Yep. We'll be off to the next thing. Ridiculing everyone our age who's on there while we join. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that's a whole thing on TikTok. Making fun of millennials that aren't Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I knew that. Oh, it's a whole thing. Yep. The I heard this, this big thing about, sorry, because I am a millennial, I suppose, um, just because of my birthday. But uh, you are. Well, well, I feel like I'm. I feel like I should have been the generation before millennial, but I'm not. 
Um, and then there's Paul. <laughs> uh, it's the youngest boomer. <laughs> oh, oh, I wouldn't go there. Okay, the oldest <laughs> millennial. Yes, there we okay. go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Somehow that's better. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and they were they were going on about TikTok people making fun of millennials for their tight or their skinny jeans and their whatever, and I'm like. I have never in my life worn skinny jeans. I don't know what these people are talking about. If anything, I can't find a pair of pants that's big enough for me. That's like wide enough. I mean, I want pants I can fly away on. So I don't know where they get this millennial skinny leg or skinny jean thing. I mean, that's, that's, we've talked about this before on the show and in life. Um, like Jesse, I don't re recall where you fall, but Melanie and I are technically a zenial, but I, feel like i identify more with the gen x mm -hmm. yeah melanie and i definitely fall in the age of millennial but it is weird to think like and i, I want to say i've heard like they've kind of actually pared it down where millennial ends because it used to be like right up till like 99 and i'm like people who grew up exclusively post 2000 had way different like mm -hmm. childhood than than us yeah um they didn't have to worry about y2k that was a thing Mm -hmm. They only knew a post 9-11 world. Fun. Too. Um, yeah, Y2K. Well, that's exactly the thing. It's like skinny jeans. I remember parachute pants, and when they were the bomb, they were too and, legit. And low-rise jeans. Oh, I, I do do rock some low-rise, but low-rise with some big bottoms. Savannah says she loves wearing her skinny jeans, so there we go. If somebody born approximately four years after us, Randall... That's when they started getting skinny jeans. Okay. Which is weird. It's interesting. So I've been, I'm not going to get into the Sims, but I've been playing the Sims 4 a bunch lately, more than I need to, but I've been playing it. It's my escape. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> long Awkward pause. pause. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel old, but not because of anything the developers do. In fact, I think the developers are as old as me and unaware of it. Because, or older, because uh, with The Sims, especially Sims 4, since like content you can get from them is very sparse and most of it's behind a payroll, paywall, which I keep paying, god dang it, um, people make things, you know, I mean modders and like uh, people make custom content or whatever, CC, it's a big thing with The Sims. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, I, so I'll find different things and clothes, download a bunch of clothes for your Sims. And I think a lot of the custom content creators are younger people, and a lot of them are chicks. Not all of them, but a lot of them are chicks. Younger people, they love their high-waisted jeans, and I hate them. I'm like, I hate yeah. those. Those are ugly. But all of the custom content jeans and stuff are high-waisted, and I'm like, that's – to me, it looks like 80s, but that is a newer – that is a younger person thing. Mm. And so it's – and looking through posts and watching YouTube videos, they're all the time complaining about how, like – all the pants in the Sims are like waist pants. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because so that means like the people designing clothes for the Sims are of a certain generation closer to mine. Whereas the younger people who are making the custom content are like, these are not current clothes. Um, so it's interesting. It's a weird thing, but it makes me feel kind of old. But also like kids, stop it. Those high-waisted pants are awful. Yeah, awful. <laughs> terrible they look awful and i don't like putting them on mom my sims. jeans yeah those are mom <laughs> hey kids your pants are mom jeans 
There are mom jeans, so stop it. I think that we I should drop. we should stop worrying about fashion and start making our clothes for comfort so that everyone of every sex can I'm just not wear wearing a dress. dress. I no. didn't say dress. I said gaucho pants. I said you should buy some gaucho pants and you would love them. It would change your life. <laughs> we had a th there was a thing and I don't want even want to get into it. <laughs> I think everyone should wear them and and it's like they're like magic. They're most super comfortable and there would be no more, you know, there'd be no more war even. Everyone would be happy and comfortable <laughs> in their magic flowy pants. That's pretty, that's bold. Men and women both. Did this just become a John Lennon song? <laughs> yeah. It did. <laughs> hmm. You're saying, I love those kind of pants. I, and they're not popular anymore. And I hate that they're not, they're, they're wonderful. And I think everyone should wear them. Savannah says, oh, this is actually how, like, a conversation Melanie and I had <laughs> came up because of this. Savannah says, gaucho pants are nice, but my wearable blanket is way better. And we actually got into gaucho pants because we were talking about the wearable blanket. And Paul and... says, dresses are comfy. Actually, he says, dresses ate comfy, but I know what he means. And that is actually part of it, too, because I was like, it's like, it's like a blanket, but it's a dress. And Randy's like, that sounds great, but it would be a dress. And he's like, I think dresses would be comfortable. And I said, then wear a dress. And he says, Listen, no. And I said, they wouldn't wear casual pants because everybody loves casual pants. Just put me in a big thing. I'm not wearing a muumuu or a dress, but put me just in a thing that cover, like just hangs. I just want the baggiest of everything all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But I don't wear the baggiest of everything because you can't buy a lot of super baggy things anymore, but also like some of them, they don't look good. Yes, ma'am. Moomoo's are pretty legit too. I own at least one and I love it. It's magical. Um, but I, I, I do have a weird thing. I, I like, I like pants, you know, I don't want to, I don't always want to wear a dress. I, I like having my nethers feel protected. So I as, like natural pants. I mean, comfort is important, but as someone who exclusively has worn big, sometimes cheap black boots every day, Regardless how hot it is, for the last like twenty years, you got to suffer for your fashion. I ain't wearing no moo moo. Yeah. And every well. time you guys said gaucho pants, I thought one morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How we got in my pajamas, <laughs> I'll never know. That's what I always think of too, and I'm like, that doesn't sound stylish or cool. Gaucho, really? <laughs> yeah. Can I? I wish I could show you a pair of them though. They're great. If you can Google a picture of it and do a screen share. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'll allow that. I don't care. I mean, I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, eventually, we'll react to some news. I don't know. We I kind of enjoy this uh, Groucho talk, I guess. <laughs> Welcome to the, gro <laughs> the Groucho knew? cast. Spe speaking of, you know, like old school and like uh, in the chat, uh, Paul said that he's a living in a millennial world and he's just a boomer girl. Hey, check out the sixties reboot podcast. It feels appropriate to pimp this right now. Oh, uh, yeah. because on the most recent episode, uh, Moose was on there talking with Maddie D about get smart and they re, uh, recasted it for the new generation. As we look at some gout gaucho, I guess. All right, don't, don't, don't tell me those don't look like the most comfortable pants you've ever seen. They yeah. do look comfortable. I will. I will give you that. Yeah. They yeah. look like sleepy bell bottoms. These are actually not. I mean, they kind of are, 
that you can sleep in there, I'm sure. But these are like fancy work pants. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, they also they look like Hakama pants. pants, which are what samurai would wear so that you mm-hmm. would not see them moving their legs. Yeah, see? It, pff, look at all the uses. I guess. The perfect, the perfect pant. They seem yes, okay. Jinko jeans. <laughs> they, they, they seem okay. Paul, I, I, I had a couple few pairs of Jinko jeans. Those ones actually did get a little ridiculously large, though, me. That was like wearing a skirt on each leg. And I, I mean, I like big, but sometimes you can get too big. What's better than a dress? Two dresses. Hakama. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's react to some news. Unless, Jesse, did you? No, this is going to be the pants review toy unboxing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Show now. That's what we do. All right. Did you have anything else, Jesse, you want to talk about for what uh, recent viewing? Okay. We should probably talk about, should we talk about how much WandaVision we've seen? <laughs> I, I feel like we already did that. <laughs> but we he, didn't say anything. He just wants to no. talk about WandaVision. I, I intentionally, I thought, no, because okay. I thought. <laughs> we, I mean, we can wait. We can I, wait. I thought you, I thought you indicated that if we weren't going to talk spoilers, there wasn't a lot to to say about this new episode. I don't know. Like every episode has a big reveal. So yeah. the episode you guys watched had a big reveal. But I yeah. feel like whatever the big reveal is this week is bigger. Is bigger? No, or, it basically builds that. off of that, but then there's another reveal at the end that I want to speculate on wildly, but I don't know until mm-hmm. next week. Do we find out who Ralph is? No, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't think Ralph exists. Well, we don't uh, we don't ever see him, but she talks about it in every episode. That's true. It's Ralph Dibney from DC Comics. <laughs> Episode 7 just confirmed what a lot of people were thinking with... Uh, Except Agnes. I thought it was a red herring. Like, I had right. finally gotten into that camp where I'm like, you know what? It's just an interesting reference. It's just a red herring. Nope. And then the next episode, you're like, ha-ha! You thought it was a red herring. And you would do a little song about it was it was Agnes the whole time. Yep. It was Agnes. And it's like the biggest song now. Like, everybody loves it. Really? And I think it, it's, it's okay, but it's like, really? That's a, that's, I like okay. it. This, like, they overestimated their, their uh, twist because of the yeah. song. It's like, bet you didn't see that coming. It's like, I bet most people <laughs> did because like it was all over there. Yeah. Something I did notice about episode seven is, and maybe it, they've always done this, but at one point when they go, when they go out to the, "Quote unquote real world," and with the agents and stuff, uh, with sword and all that. Does it always go to like two thirty-five to one or whatever widescreen, like extra, like cinematic style widescreen? Because there's one scene where it went to them, where what's her name like jumps in the in the not a tank, but whatever that armored oh, yeah. up car to drive try to drive into the bubble. Mm-hmm. That's all like widescreen like movie uh cinematic style widescreen and i was like i don't remember the other scenes doing that and it's not i mean it's in line with the show to play with the aspect ratio since it's very much like the theme of media and tv and all that but that seemed weird to me and maybe i just didn't notice that it always was like in that aspect ratio when it went to the real world since the real world is like the cinematic universe. So we usually see it in the movies mm-hmm. or was it just that one scene? And if, if so, there's something up with that. 
Hmm. Something up with that. Yeah, no, I know. Just, just you know, it I wasn't until la- the last episode and this episode that and they started okay, throwing those scenes in. So. I would never they And I think I represent a larger portion of the population. Than it's like worse than anime. Alone. Right, <laughs> but that does not say that does not say my noticing that does not make it invalid. It is no, I know because they are intentionally playing with the format of the stuff. Yeah. Sorry, you guys aren't perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did call it with uh, Monica Rambo. I hope I called it on the show because I've been like oh, saying right, it with, nonstop. I was like the, getting getting powers through the yep. yeah. yeah that she'd get powers that were light based because that's what her character mm-hmm. has, and this is mm-hmm. how yeah. Because she had to fight through the barrier or whatever. That was pretty yeah. cool too. I like the visuals of that a lot. Mm-hmm. Even though my band, my internet connection did not. Disney yeah. Plus lately has had the issue. Yeah. Like when, when, and it's Disney Plus specifically, maybe HBO now too, but especially when there's like that, where there's suddenly a bunch of like crazy stuff going on the screen where the video demands a lot more information than normal. It just like, it'll just pause, just freeze. I even downloaded the episode and really? was casting it and it still did that where it buffered. I was like, what? Why did I even bother? Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe they just like build that into the show now. They're like, well, yeah, you're like, we know this is a wait problem. Wait for it. <laughs> uh, she had to fight for her right to party. Paul says he'll hit you up later. He wants to talk to you. Yeah, sorry. I mean, like I said, Melanie was over last night, but. I was thinking new episodes came out on Thursday for some reason, but so we know that's, we that's the Grolix nights show. Well, I was thinking that we do the show the night the episode goes live. So I was like, we're really behind kind of because it's going on now. So we can't talk anyway. Yeah. Hey, let's react to some news. What? Minutes. What? 45 minutes in. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, several of these news stories are, via our source, a.k.a. Paul, or a couple of them. And I'll start with one of those. And it's not a show I'm, I have ever watched, but it's interesting. Stargirl Season 2, which I was like, I, Stargirl's a thing? It's, and it's still going on? Mm-hmm. And it happened? I remember hearing something about Stargirl. It's CW, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it's still going on. Season 2, John Wesley Ship to play Golden Age. Flash, Jay Garrick. So we're getting old school flashback. Good. Old school Flash again. Which was great. I like seeing him in The Flash. The CW Flash. So, sure. Sure. I've never watched Stargirl. I got nothing on that, so. so is that the Stargirl from The Boys? No. Or is that a different character? It's going to be a DC character. Or yeah. wait, her name's not Stargirl. She's from the Star. JSA in the mm-hmm. comics. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a lot to say about that, but I wanted to mention it because Paul had sent it to me and I was, thank you, Paul. Cause that isn't, that made me kind of want to check it out just because I was like, yeah, I like that guy. Right. I, I, I dig it every time that he shows up. So like I, he makes, he makes a flash episode more cool. Right. Mm-hmm. I recall watching the flash, that original flash show. Yep. I loved it. I mean, I don't think it was great, but I loved it. Same thing when uh, Mark Hamill reprised his role in the new Flash series. I was like, yes. It's so bad, but it's like, well, yeah, but I it's also care. really appropriate. It's good. Yep. 
Because it was bad the first time. But entertaining. (laughs) Entertaining. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is interesting. It's like, yeah, no, the CW stuff super camp, but like, look at what comic book shows used to be. Right. Together. It's like, yeah. Okay, I'll take maybe a and little. And that was like, must-see viewing back in the day. Like, right. we waited for it. Uh, okay, here's the title of this article. Okay, that Spider-Man movie title review was a good troll, um, which is Wired.com's write-up of it. Uh, but big the the big news is the new the third Spider-Man movie. The title mm-hmm. has actually been revealed, but only mm-hmm. after the three like young actors. Um, you know, what's his name? Spider-Man and his friends, <laughs> Spider-Man and all his friends, uh, the three was Spider-Man, Ned and, uh, MJ. Right. Um, they trolled the internet leading up to the actual reveal where they each posted like a different still from the movie from Spider-Man three, uh, with a big title reveal. This is the title. And they were all ridiculous titles, but they all, because all the new the new trilogy has home in the title uh one of them hold on i gotta find the the fake titles first because there's spider-man homecoming spider-man far from home uh one of one of the fake titles was spider-man oh where to go hold on my favorite okay one of them was spider-man home slice which i really (laughs) liked yeah Yeah. that's pretty good yeah uh my favorite was spider-man phone home (laughs) and spider-man home wrecker (laughs) whoa the then they did uh reveal the actual title in kind of an amusing I did see this video last night in an amusing like little video with the three of them joking about how uh I all their names just escaped me, but how Spider Man Tom, Tom Holland cannot keep a secret. He's yeah he's kind of notorious for leaking big unintentionally leaking big secret. Him him and Ruffalo, man, those two are the <laughs> most dangerous for MC right. secrets. They yeah. leak those stuff. I was just um, gonna say, is he like uh, you should see everybody dies in the next one. I bet, I bet, dude, I bet they have like special <laughs> policies for uh, Holland and Ruffalo. Um, but the the joke was like they won't tell him the title because he can't keep a secret. And then the video reveals the title. It's No Way Home. Yep. So mm-hmm. Spider Man No Way Home is the third one. Zendaya. Yeah, that's 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 MJ apparently. Yep. I, I still haven't seen the sequel. The second of these Spider-Man movies. Oh, I, I just is. haven't gotten around to it. I need to. Is it on Disney Plus or something by chance? I feel like it's not. I, I don't think it is yet. Mm. I don't if think it you is yet. Seen it? I'm gonna assume I haven't seen it. Either. It's really good. Uh, I went and saw it without Holly, and then I was like, "Now Holly needs to see this." So I watched it again, and she did. She liked it. So, well, man, you men need to learn. I don't think I made you watch. <laughs> what do we need to learn? I don't think I've made you watch the first one because you had no interest. No, 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 I did watch the first one. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh. And I enjoyed it. So, hmm. oh, I liked the first one. So, but yeah, because that, that was the one with um, Tony. No, Iron with, Man. with the oh, wait, was it which one was the one with the big bird that was oh. Michael Keaton? Yeah, that that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Vulture or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that story. <laughs> My segues are on point tonight. <laughs> well, that okay. How about this? Well, that's some Marvel news. Let's jump over to DC. All right. This is a weird story that I did not see coming, 
And it was initially uh, reported on shadowandact.com, which is a site I had never heard of, but apparently they kind of focus on black and African entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Um, the story has has been picked up by other sites, but uh, Tanishi Coates to write upcoming Superman film from DC and Warner Brothers. So according to Shadow and Act, they learned exclusively from studio sources that Tanishi Coates and hold on, I need to find other stuff he's done. Who who is kind of notable because he has said in the past, um, he's talked a lot about like I guess comic comic book movies and stuff and how he's not really into them. But I'm trying to think of what else he's done. I think you know what happened? He, like the rest of the world, was charmed by Henry Cavill and changed his mind. And so now he's got to make a Spider-Man. I ran this Oh, okay. This did not. Hollywood Reporter is saying that according to sources, the pro... and maybe this is in the Shadow and Act story. I don't recall reading it. It's being set up as a black Superman story. Coates is a superstar author whose books include We Were Eight Years in Power and American Tragedy, The Beautiful Struggle, The Water Dancer, and In Between the World and Me, uh, which was later adapted by HBO. Oh, he's worked on, in the comic books, he's worked on Captain America and Black Panther. Um, so he's done comic book work. But he has been, not critical, but he sounded very not into the idea of doing comic book films hmm. but, but apparently that's changed yeah and then they were like here's a check and he was like oh uh, no i'm sorry that's that's me to me to say i not everybody can be bought dude but you know comic books do be making lots of money well i mean there okay what was it um there was i watched some trailer i don't remember what it was but it was very like a drama not modern mainstream superhero type movie. It's just some drama mm-hmm. uh, by a well-respected director. And I was like, well, who, what else has this director done? And I looked up her filmography. This is not, has any, doesn't have anything to do with the story. And it's all like, you know, very dreary looking dramas, uh-huh. except for like uh, the eternal or the, uh, like one Marvel movie. Uh, right. Or maybe it was that X-Men movie that, came out and didn't do very well recently that um with the kids i'm i'm losing the titles but the point is it was all like what you'd expect uh indie award bait type drama movies and then one superhero film in the middle of it and i'm like that's so weird that looks so weird in a filmography but that's like more often than not that's kind of how it happens that Hollywood comes knocking, like come do the superhero movie, and then they do it, and it's like it either flops or whatever, and they're just like, "All right, go back to making good movies, I guess." It re- um, it, re- it reminds me of, and I can't remember what movie it comes from even, but where they had um, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck in there, and they were fighting about it, and he's like, "You know, you got to go do your big." born identities so that you can do your talented Mr. Ripley's." Oh, wasn't you know what that? I mean? uh... <laughs> That was a Kevin Smith movie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I want to say it was Jane Silent Bob or something. Yeah, the, that one's the crazy. first Jane Silent Bob movie. Um, but yeah, they got they got to do a couple big blockbusters so they can finance their you know the indie movies that they make that actually win awards. Right. Uh, 
I, I okay. I don't have a whole much whole but uh, el- anything else to really say about it. Um, it's going to be like a bad robot. You know, J.J. Abrams' bad robot production can be making it. Um, yeah, whatever. Moving on. It makes okay. So it no Lex like Luthor, uh, like a black Superman makes sense because I was like, they're. I was surprised because I was like, wait, is this live action? And it doesn't really say. There's like not any information about it. Um, but I was like, they're really like I know. And to touch on Paul's comment, is Snyderverse falling apart? Laughy face, oh. he said. <laughs> he says. Um, he also says, oh no, cue the angry old white guys. <laughs> but I was like, so I know, like, yeah. Listen, the Snyderverse, it's kind of a mess. I'm pretty sure they're just going to be moving forward. But it would still surprise me to already, like, recast and do a new Superman movie. But I'm assuming this is maybe, like, kind of handled like a different character. Or it's like a Joker thing. One-off type, like, its own thing, which is kind of, I feel like, maybe DC's better way forward. Um But this may it makes more sense if this is the case where it's like okay we're a different angle as opposed to like again another Superman movie or perhaps just go X Men you know yeah I I was thinking they were gonna actually follow more like the comic books be like we have fourteen different comic books about this one character except they're different people because different universes and different whatevers well yeah it makes me think of like Steel or when. Or yeah, there's like, imagine I have multi, multiple like Superman franchises going at once in movies. Mm-hmm. Like as a comic book reader, you, you get it. It's yeah. action comics. I think it's Superman. It's Man of Steel. Right. I think your average moviegoer would be bewildered. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, what was it when we went to see some Marvel movie? And Spider-Man popped up and they're like, what's, what's he doing in this? And it's like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> listen, I think DC and Marvel are both going to kick the, all those doors open when they're just like, Hey, remember this Batman and that Batman and Hey, it's Doc Ock, you know, from that one. And also here's this Spider-Man. Like they're just, I feel oh, like I hope they matter. do that. I hope there's a superior Spider-Man in something. Like do that, Doc Ock as Spider Man. Oh, oh! I wasn't even thinking about that. No, yeah, that would be good too. Well, just surprise um, everyone, Wanda and the Vision nerds has- are going to be like, yeah, yeah. One division has set a new bar, I think, with the whole uh, recasting of Pietro, and yeah. there are, now anybody can do whatever they want in the MCU for sure, because the MCU has been so kind of locked down in that respect. Mm-hmm. the current DC or the Snyderverse has been such a mess that it's like anything just, can happen, but that doesn't mean it's good. Right. Marvel, anything can happen. It's so good. Uh, okay. So this next bit of news, I'm going to blow through here. Paul says, I want a Spider-Man noir movie directed Ooh. by Snyder. <laughs> but there's not much lens flares in war movies. Isn't there? Yeah, but it's all slow mo, so that could work. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and he's man, slow mo and dark, black and white. He's got a thing for black and white recently, it seems. So, um, anybody familiar with the Time Traveler's Wife? Yes, is this I've seen read it. the book. Yeah, okay. And I know it's been made uh, things. Well, apparently, there will be a Time Traveler's Wife series coming to HBO, uh, mm-hmm. starring 
I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's that red-headed um, wildling that fell in love with that said, "You know nothing, Jon Snow." Yeah, um, I think she's she, cast. Uh, Rose Leslie is the actor's actress's name. It's yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm catching up on comments. Mm-hmm. Um, she was cast as the lead. Uh, oh. Oh, this is I and I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting, but I don't know the time traveler's wife, so mm-hmm. okay, maybe I'll mention it. And then I got to this bit of information. I was like, oh, this is going in. Former Doctor Who showrunner Stephen Moffat is leading the ad- adaptation, Whoa. which has been in development for HBO for several years. Mm-hmm. So, one of Moffat's most popular Doctor Who episodes, in fact, was directly inspired by the novel. Yeah. I wonder. Mm what that is i see i'm not super familiar i believe this has kind of a rundown of um, it's it's interesting an artist falls uh, and not by the way i'm getting this from vulture.com they reported this uh an artist falls in love with in love in a dashing vulture.com i think has a typo an artist falls in love with a dashing librarian who just happens to have a genetic condition that makes him time travel unpredictably and uncontrollably Mm -hmm. and she can't even go with him Right. Oh, so she's a. Uh, well, no, that's not the case because uh, what's her name? Sweetie, oh, could also time travel. River Song. Yeah. River Song. Yeah. No. I. But maybe that's a little. As weird as it would be for her in the in, in having her husband time like be different, I gotta think it's weirder for him because he meets her as and then as a child and then as an old lady or older lady and. How are you gonna like be like, oh hi, my future wife? That's gotta make you feel like a perv, I would imagine. A little bit. Yeah, but Paul I'm says gonna... sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Paul says darkness in the library, which is like the introduction and kind of whole concept of River Song. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. But it's American made, so I don't know if it'll be all that good. All I know is the land the ending is gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Moffat they... can't stick a landing. No. Yeah, I got to Moffat and I was like, oh, this is, we got to talk about that. All right. Moving on. District, oh, this is something that Melanie sent me to today. District 9 sequel is finally in the works, according to director Neil uh, Blomkamp. And uh, it would be, I believe it will be called. Will District anyone 9. remember that was a movie? Yeah. It, dude, 2009. <laughs> I, liked it. I liked it. 2009. It's been, a, it's been a, a couple days. Yeah. It's been an age since it came out. But yeah. Uh, well, apparently he's like, it's been something he's wanted to do for a long time. He was just kind of waiting for, like he had ideas and he was just waiting for like, I don't know, I guess the right time and to uh, whatever. But the screenplay is being written by, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, there's a screenplay being written by him and two other people. (laughs) They're the same two people that wrote the first one or that helped him with the first one. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, um, he was saying he was waiting First one was about his his personal experiences, and so he was waiting for something interesting that he had that he could write about. So I'm guessing. So yeah, I, well, I think the thing with District Nine is it kind of got everybody hyped about Neil Blomkamp, mm-hmm. and not to say movies he's done have been awful, but I feel like a lot of the his follow up movies were mm-hmm. kind of a disappointment in comparison, maybe because right. they didn't do as well. Yeah, um, like uh, Elysium was okay. Right. I don't know what it is that doesn't didn't work great about that movie cuz I love the concept. It looked really good. It had a similar thing going on where he 
and that's part of what made District Nine so unique is like the sci-fi with weird futuristic equipment, mm-hmm. but in like very kind of modern looking dirt poor mm-hmm. setting is yeah. super interesting. And Elysium had that to the nines. Mm-hmm. So Paul's comment here, uh, let's make a District Nine sequel right after a global pandemic. Uh, that that ties in to my feelings about some of our potential Snyder Watch news. And uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, it changes it changes how you feel about movies. Like District 9 was very political and mm-hmm. um, not about the best of times. Right. I'm actually, because it's after the global pandemic, I'm kind of excited because if he's, like, that's why I mentioned he said he, he was writing from some of his personal experiences. And and I don't know if, and I, and I know being from South Africa was a big part of that. That's why the movie was set there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, a pandemic based on alien DNA or something is kind of an interesting concept. I'm kind of hoping that's where it goes, which is why I'm excited for it because how great would that be? 2020 is going to inspire a lot of, a lot well, of sure. science fiction. For it's sure. good. Yeah. It's 20, got not, to. Okay. It doesn't make for good escapism is what I'm saying. No, <laughs> no. Say everything about the last four years is going to make for a lot of future science fiction inspiration. We're going to have the next zombie uh, renaissance in a couple of years because it's like, it's okay again. Right, right. Well, it's like when we started doing movie of the week and it got pitched several times, pandemic. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I don't think, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ignore potential segues you set up for me just now to move forward to this next thing which was actually a story from a week ago that I had not heard. I discovered it through another story that I'm actually did not include because that story was not that as interesting as this. Everything about this headline. I love Edgar Wright to direct Stephen King's the running man. Ooh. Yeah. I love it. The running man has been my go-to when every time they remake a good movie, I'm like the the remake is going to be crap because they're picking a great movie and then it's just going to be some generic thing. So my go-to was like, do something like The Running Man. It's not a great movie. It's actually a pretty crap movie. If you like it now, that's fine. I'm not saying it's not entertaining, but it's it's entertaining because it's not. It's kind of cheesy. It's cheesy, very mm-hmm. cheesy. That's, But it's a good idea. And right. it's relevant most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... That was always my go-to for like, if they're going to remake something, do something like the running man. That was like, yeah, fun, but like could have been way better. And if you're going to remake the running man, give somebody like Edgar Wright, the movie, he is great. So I'm just super excited for that. A new running man by Edgar Wright. Sounds amazing. That's not even a good joke. Paul, (laughs) Paul says, I want to make the running with scissors, man. Well, it'd be very short-lived. Mm. If you didn't yeah, have all the right was, moves, you'd... you'd uh. I don't know. What do you guys think about um, a Running Man? Maybe you guys are are like, no, don't remake Running Man. It's a timeless classic. Yeah, no, they can remake Running Man. I don't like it. You're going to need a few good men to make that movie. It's... <laughs> I not, don't even know what to do with your guys' jokes. 
it's not the worst, but it, yeah, no, it could, it could definitely be improved. I think. Uh, so, uh, deadline.com, by the way, is reporting this interestingly. Oh no, maybe that was a different story. Um, again, this is not necessarily new news. Uh, apparently it won't be a remake of the 87 film. It'll be more based on whatever. It'll be like based on the source material as opposed to a direct remake of the movie, which makes sense. I'm sure Edgar Wright won't be able to help himself, but throw a few nods. Mm-hmm. He will be co-writing it with Michael Bacall, who I'm not sure. Oh, he'll co-write the story with Bacall. Bacall will actually write the script or has whatever. It sounds pretty early in the process. So, yeah. Any, uh, I feel like I'm more excited than anybody else on this. That's fine. Is <laughs> that right, guys? Come on. I haven't loved every movie he's made. Like Baby Driver was. Uh, most of them are great, though. He, yeah, he's great, and he always has like. He just he has a vision. He like actually has something where he's like yeah, and he has talent, and he comes up with interesting things. Yeah. As long as it's not a TV movie, it might go the distance. I mean, well, I mean, the original Running Man wasn't a TV movie either, but yeah, Stephen King based TV movies are terrible. Unless I'm missing the joke here. I feel like you guys are making all kinds of joke. I just, I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Got all uh, the right moves. Okay, I get that joke. Are we still doing the uh, whatever? Edgar Wright is not wrong. So, Mortal Kombat Red Band trailer breaks viewership records. Okay, I'm down. This will segue into some trailer talk, perhaps. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so Mortal Kombat had a tra- the movie, the new live action movie, the trailer, a Red Band specifically. A Red Band trailer was because, listen, if you're going to do R rated Mortal Kombat, you've got to release a Red Band trailer. And if you don't know what that means, is it's basically a rated R trailer. They can, if it were to be shown in theaters, they can only show it in front of R-rated movies because it's got the violence and the swears and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says, "OMG, it was so effing good." Uh, but according to deadline, according to deadline, uh, the Mortal Kombat Red Band trailer clocked 116 million views in its first week, becoming the biggest Red Band trailer of all time, beating the four-day mark of Logan and Deadpool two. And counting and continuing mm-hmm. to do so. So a lot of people watch this movie or watch this trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have watched it like five times. <laughs> it's pretty great. Maybe six, actually. I think I watched it twice again before we did the stream. Um, uh, I watched it and I made two other people watch it. So Paul says it better not suck. I will go Jay and Silent Bob on Hollywood. And I okay, so let's talk about the trailer a little bit because I do want to get your guys' opinions. Mm-hmm. My thing is this movie very well may suck. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to make a Mortal Kombat movie, live action Mortal Kombat movie, and not have it be crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying that's as somebody who's like, I like the original live action Mortal Kombat movie, mm-hmm. but acknowledging that there was disappointment when I went and seen it in the theaters as a 13 year old or however old I was. Mm-hmm. And it's not a great movie at this point, but it's got nostalgia for me. Yeah. And I was a huge Mortal Kombat uh, 
nerd, I guess you could say nut, mm -hmm. but yeah. What do you guys yeah. think? The trailer looked like a lot of fun, which doesn't mean everything. Mm -hmm. It's a great trailer. This last time watching it, I was just like, the only thing I was thinking was, and this is not to poo poo the movie. I really want to see this movie. It does look, it looks like there's going to be some bad stuff in it, but it looks good. Yeah. It looks fun. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman 84 had an amazing trailer too that I remember That's enjoying fair. quite a bit. Yeah. So I, I don't remember her trailer, but I will say this video games are made for a video game format. They're not to have a whole lot of story to them. So I don't expect any video game movie, including Resident Evil, but I still think that was a good movie, even though you don't Randall. I don't expect it to be story heavy. That's not its job, you know, but though, as far as like CGI and stuff has, has evolved, they can do realistic looking um, things that, that look like what the moves that the characters did in the comic book. And if they can do that, then it's going to be a good movie. That's all there is to it for a movie like this. It's a comic book. I mean, it's not a comic book. It's a video game movie. It's not, it's not going to be substantive, you know, there's not going to be a bunch to it. It's not going to be a great movie, but if, if the action is good and the moves do bring you the nostalgia that you should get from the video game, that's its only purpose. Yes. But like, I would, I would disagree in that. Like it doesn't have, it doesn't have to have a good story. There are good movies that don't have good stories mm. or much story. There's a difference between though, like a good movie, a well-made movie, and like cringy, cheesy, campy in a bad way. Like there's just it, acting and like it might not have a lot of story, but the dialogue that's there, is it okay? Is it passable? Is it embarrassing? Like, is it bad? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a little concerned because <laughs> one of the first things the internet latched onto was like, it's a birthmark. What's that? He was born with it. It's like, right. Duh. So like, yeah, it's maybe not great, but also like, okay, whatever. If you're going to do it more, like, here's the thing that somehow I, I get it. I guess I get it more in the nineties a little bit, but especially like there weren't many video game based movies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with the exception of Mario, super Mario brothers. And that was an example of what not to do. Mm -hmm. So the studio was not confident. They're not going to, especially like in the nineties, they're not going to give a video game based thing, an R rating and think that that's going to sell enough tickets, but how can you not do mortal Kombat with an R rating? So yeah, right there is already a big win. Um, they, this trailer knows how to do the fan service and all that stuff was in the movie. So at least, yeah, no, you're right. The movie knows how to do the fan service. Mm -hmm. uh, they figured out something that like the video game, trailer the people that put together the trailers for the video games figured out is you just need to put sub-zero and scorpion a sub-zero scorpion fight in the trailer and mortal Kombat fans will be hyped and they did that and it was awesome i did enjoy that i looked through the comments and there were so many comments that were basically the get over here was kind of weak like the voice needed to be better <laughs> but it looks awesome <laughs> and i was like i had the same thought well i mean yeah like, it's such a good moment, and you're like, oh, it's coming. There's Scorpion. And then they do it, and you're like, yeah, it's there. <laughs> We're used yeah. to hearing Ed they Boon the box. Yeah. 
we're used to hearing Ed Boon scream it in weird stereo sound, like weird effect on it. But uh, I I do actually appreciate like there's a couple lines you hear from apparently Scorpion when he he's got the mask on, and it it's a little bit of a it's not as bad, but it's a little bit of a Bane thing where it's just like it's. Oh. Gravelly, but definitely through the mask. And I'm like, I kind of appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not Mario or Double Dragon. Oh, I don't expect Platoon, but better than Jean-Claude Van Damme's Street Fighter and not Mario or Double Dragon. Well, I mean, those are like, those are, talk about trilogy of classic 90s video game movies. I would say, but I mean, like, even if you look at the legend of, of Mortal Kombat movies, it's not a high bar that they have to clear. I don't, and I don't expect. I like the first one, but I don't expect a good Mortal Kombat as a series. It's it's got so much lore, but the story's never been. It's not the story. The the writing has never been good. Uh, there's like, you know, I guess maybe the newer movies or the newer games, especially the last two, have really kind of like embraced telling a story but it's still mortal Kombat, so it's cheesy and yes there i think one of the possible issues and this doesn't go overkill with showing us like all these characters but there are a lot of characters it shows which is good but like that's got to be hard to balance in a movie just like well how do we cram in all these characters like these fan to favorite characters right uh kano was a little weak at the end there it's like he had the funny line, but I was like, "Ooh, I don't know." First time I'm like, "Ooh, casting." Yeah, I, yeah, I I would agree. I'm not super fond of that Kano. I do love that Kano is only Australian because he was played that way in the first movie. In the game, he wasn't. And yeah, like, really, yeah. And the games were like, we kind of love that he's Australian in the games now. So like, I don't know. Mortal Kombat has a weird thing where it doesn't matter. They'll just pull from whatever. Oh, Listen, they just got to do better than the that first Mortal Kombat sequel, Annihilation. Oh God, oh, it was Annihilation. It, it I think I've seen it fire. twice total, and the second one was rough. I did appreciate the lack the lack of whitewashing. That's nice. However, because Paul says Raiden looked under looked underpowered. Yeah, I, I Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. I, like, I like him, but no, uh, he, he should have never been Raiden. <laughs> He's so weird. Like it was, yeah, poor casting, but I kind of just want that as my Raiden all the time now. I kind of want him <laughs> in this movie. Like I, mean, I hear that. Yeah. The, I feel like it's Raiden or somebody saying Raiden like dialogue in this. And I'm like, that'd be so much better if he had a certain Lambert type ass- accent. <laughs> there can only be one. Four uh, champions. Oh, man. What's um, next? Finish him. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what's next. Here's what's next. Before we get into like hard, like actually, I don't have honestly, I don't have a whole lot of hardcore Justice League news. Um, I will mention there was a long article. Uh, Paul had sent it to me. I've read chunks of it. It was very long, um, but there was a 
very long article released uh, by Vanity Fair. Uh, and we will have a link to it in the show notes when this pod, when this goes up as a podcast, justice league, the shocking, exhilarating, heartbreaking, true story of hashtag the Snyder cut is the, <laughs> the title. And it is, yeah, Paul says it's long. It is, it's pretty long and it kind of just talks about a bunch of like the issues behind it. Uh, it talks about, um, things that Zack Snyder, it's got a bunch of like, quotes and stuff from Zack Snyder it talks about him talking about his daughter. Um, so it talks about that a bit and that, that is like, I mean, of course, yeah, that's a bummer. Um, then it talks about, but that's personal life drama and that's generally not stuff I get into on this. Uh, it does talk quite a bit about the actual behind the scenes, like issue studio issues. Cause remember I've, I'm always like, that's very unfortunate about his daughter, of course. And like, nobody's going to hold it. you like, hold it against him if he was having those kind of having to deal with those kind of issues. But I was like, but I remember hearing specifically before any news of his daughter, the situation with his daughter broke out that he was get canned because the studio, because Batman V Superman was so hated and the studio was like super nervous about his whole vision thing. And that is not confirmed, but also kind of confirmed in this and that it says there were reports that he had been fired. The article claims that's not the case, but the studio was super shaky about it. And they had, uh, like there was two guys at mentions. I don't remember exactly who, but their studio, like a producer, one of the producers and another guy who basically is like one of them, they, one of them had to be on set every day. They're like, we got to have one of us there every day. Uh, and they even said to babysit and, Snyder, they have a quote of Snyder saying basically, like it didn't really like because that happens sometimes in movies where the the producers or whoever's backing it is like super nervous about what the director is going to do or they're not confident in this or they want to sway it a certain way. And uh, so like that's you're going to give a certain Edgar Wright Ant Man, right? Some people see that before they even get before they start filming and they're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we go our separate ways. Um, Hashtag release the right cut. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think the right cut exists, but maybe it does. Probably not. Maybe we'll just get a new movie. If we keep on it, <laughs> do it. They'll give millions of dollars at this point. Just go make running man. I'd rather see that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, Snyder said he actually wasn't too bothered by that. Um, he said most of the notes and suggestions weren't outrageous, but it was like the stuff you would expect. We need more humor here or mm -hmm. like <laughs> less dark, more humor. Cause <laughs> the, of course, mm -hmm. you know, the, the things that the Snyder universe is known for humor and right. Happy things. Um, <laughs> less sucker punch and more Jim Carrey. And then I've also read other places that he decided to quit um not not even necessarily the way it's painted here and maybe i missed part of it um oh they sent Je jeff joss Jones whedon as... bullied him too <laughs> no i don't think that was the case oh okay good because some people because i and i do remember reports that like he, he snyder asked joss whedon to come take over and this yeah, is like, i that, remember that, that yeah that did not happen snyder never talked to whedon about it yeah um Give me a Snyder Donnie Darko. Point. I'm sorry. What did you say? 
doesn't seem likely at this point. No, there is an interesting bit about, uh, because his wife is one of the producers and I believe Nolan, Christopher Nolan is still producer on these. Um, they screened the Whedon cut and then afterwards came out and there's an interesting quote from them about <coughs> his wife had said, Zach's don't let Zach watch this. Don't ever let Zach watch this. It'll break his heart or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a little, it's a little over the top, but, um, I forgot what point I was going to be making. However, another interesting thing, and this is something that was reported previously was Snyder is not getting paid for this Snyder cut. Like all the work he's doing, it's totally unpaid. And he said that was his choice. Um, for one, he, I'm assuming he probably got paid for the movie in the first place to begin with, but because his name was still on as director. Whedon did not put, have his name put on as director. Um, but he says, yeah, he's not getting paid for any of this, which is kind of insane. Of course, I'm sure he's got plenty of money. He's not hurting. Um, Mm -hmm. but he said it's so that he doesn't have, he can't so that they can't make him compromise because they have no leverage over him. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So he's just like, dude, I ain't getting paid. If this, this is, is my I'm... cut. Right. Yeah. I'm doing this for free. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting. Uh, Paul says it's a fun peek behind the curtain. And there's quite a bit more information. Like I said, I didn't read all of it. I skipped through some of it. Um, and I, I do want to come back to it since we do do Snyder watch every week. I will read through all of it. It's pretty, seems fairly exhaustive um but yeah so i just wanted to mention that if you're really curious about what happened behind the scenes uh it seems fairly accurate i i'm still suspicious of some of the little details but you know whatever uh the where he's talking about his daughter like that that bit is is pretty sad it's pretty a bummer there's a detail that it points out where when he talks about her he still switches between past and present tense she she's she is one of blah 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 one of she's the geek blah 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 and then switches between that and was so yeah, yeah that's not easy yeah. um or you could you know you could skip that and just read the 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 the, the good stuff <laughs> question mark yeah <laughs> sometimes we all need a little best for every reason in our life you know oh well, paul says in march he'll be uh interviewing a guy who wrote a book <laughs> On release, wait, wait. Oh, somebody wrote, wrote a, a book. book Jim Carroll Snyder cut. I'm why? Okay, I'm super interested to hear that interview, Paul. Cool. Like no bad on the guy. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there. I have mentioned like part of the appeal of the Snyder cut, especially since it's revealed that it's happening to me, is that it's not necessarily Zack Snyder. What was your basketball diaries? <laughs> <laughs> It's I I am fascinated by like when movies go wrong behind the scenes, like what happened? It's like the Mm -hmm. Superman's a Donner cut, you know, I mean, that happens sometimes. And sometimes the director's final vision does kind of come out Mm -hmm. Um, or Superman two, whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. However, a gig I'm sure Snyder is getting paid for is army of the dead. And a a trailer for that came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't know if this is just like, hey, just zombie apocalypse movie, or if this is specifically like supposed to take place like because he his first big movie break was or directorial success was the Dawn of the Dead remake. 
which mm-hmm. is not bad. Um, right. I saw you, this. Sorry, I saw this trailer, and I actually asked if this was based on a video game because <laughs> the characters that it shows you, at least, seem to just seem to be just that. They're they're like video game characters, like very exaggerated and ridiculous. So. It, yeah, specifically, you mentioned like the guy in suspenders and stuff. The, like, the, the guy in suspenders with the, the the giant club with nails pounded into it. Yeah, that made me think of the Warriors. It's super. It does look the characters look super over the top. Uh, Paul says this one I'm looking forward to. It's a spiritual sequel to Dawn, and there will be an entire universe built. Well, of course, there will be an, a whole Snyder verse you could say built around it. <laughs> oh no, a Not spiritual. Again. A spiritual sequel to Dawn of the Dead makes sense because, I mean, that's kind of how even the original George Romero franchise went is like, none of them were, I mean, they were, but not really official sequels to the other ones for most of the time for rights reasons, but it's just like, it's just a zombie movie, but hey, mm-hmm. um, I agree with Melanie. It looks, it looks very over the top comic booky cartoony whatever you want to say it looks exaggerated yeah it looks fine i guess i am, think it's am i suck. in the minority because like i'm kind of over zombies right now and i hate to say that because i like zombie movies but mm-hmm. kind of over them paul says there's a prequel and an animated project in the works yeah we had kind of reported on some of that before or whatever reacted to news of some of that with Netflix. I, I believe this is all for, with Netflix. Um, uh, in response to Jesse's question, I think there has been a lot, there's been too much zombie at late, like not recently, but you know, in the past decade at least. And if you're going to make a zombie thing, it's not going to stand out unless it's like extremely good or extremely different. You know what I mean? Um, right, like uh, Walking Dead is coming back, and I don't care. Yeah, we never finished. We never even finished it. We fell right. off years ago, and yeah. it's not like I hated it. I still enjoyed it, but we just fell right. off. It's so sad. There was a time when I'd just be like, "It's zombies. It doesn't matter what it. Right. What I just want to watch it. It's zombies." Yeah, Brad Pitt could be in it. It <laughs> they, it became ooh, it became. I hate to say, it became too mainstream because it's not just that it was mainstream. It became, yeah, it's just like... It's oversaturation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We got overrun with zombies. We got <laughs> overrun. A, yeah. I a hoard that. zombies here and there. I can handle that. You get overrun with them. Just, just done with them. I hoard what you were saying there. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, it being a zombie thing... I'm not opposed to a zombie thing because it's a zombie thing, but I, you're right. It's got to do something to stand out. Um, and it just, it being Zack Snyder, it looks fine. It mm-hmm. looks, it looks what's in the trailer looks exactly like what I would have expected. Here's the thing. I wasn't super on board with this to begin with because the concept is like kind of weak to me. It's, it takes place in Vegas. So a little bit, maybe, you know, uh, shades of, Dead Rising, whichever one of them, one of the Dead Rising video games did take place in Vegas. So yes, it probably is inspired by video game stuff, um, which is also inspired by 
Dawn of the Dead and zombies. It's mm-hmm. it's like the snake eating its tail, except it's zombies. Um, <laughs> it's it's like it sounded like it was a basically a casino heist in the zombie apocalypse, and I'm like, yeah, but why? Right. It's the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of you. You always got to throw the soldiers in there. And it's like them being soldiers kind of makes. But that throws a little too much of the like current day element in there. Like I tried to watch Fear the Walking Dead again, and I just can't. Oh right, right. Because that first season is all about like riots and pandemic, and uh, right, I can't watch it. Back when that was still fairly, uh, you know. That seemed like escapism back then, you know? It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the apocalypse is escapism. It's great until it's happening. Then you're like, oh, yeah. it kind of sucks now. <laughs> oh, everyone's in riot gear. Huh? That's weird. We're not seeing that regularly. Yeah. Right. Riot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, I don't have anything else really to say about it. He has a certain font that he likes. <laughs> he likes a very blocky font. It, it was very reminiscent of like all the fonts you see around the Justice League stuff and all that. Um, also, I noticed that it credited him as from the director of uh, Man of Steel and Dawn of the Dead, which yeah. Dawn of the Dead totally makes sense. I'm like, well, you're not going to throw B- BVS in there? Or there's no uh, Snyder <laughs> Cut? A Snyder Cut? From this... All of his movies should just like he should do the Spike Lee joint thing. It's just a Snyder cut, jo- a Snyder cut. from the director of Sucker Punch. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched it. I I've only ever heard, with the exception of we one may need to, like we may need to bring back GCU just so we can sucker punch a fool. <laughs> I I do want to watch it. I do want to watch it. I've heard horrible until things. you do. <laughs> yeah, it was oh. We need to do it just because we made Jasper watch horror movies. Right, right. Jasper, where are you at? He was in here earlier. Did you see him? Oh, I didn't see. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that is... I think that's all I got. Okay. I'll watch Army of the Dead, by the way. I, I, I'm intrigued. If anything, I, I like Snyder's visual style. I just think his storytelling sucks. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we don't watch bad movies fairly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. I love bad movies. <laughs> that should just be how we open our show. <laughs> From the bowels <laughs> of the Snyderverse we present, says Paul. In the uh, future. Savannah said, I saw Sucker Punch. Savannah, your thumbnail is, your profile picture is awesome, by the way. I saw Sucker Punch in the theater and it was awful, she says. She's not wrong at all. All right. So, hey. Yeah. Melanie. Yeah. You got anything we should be amazed about? I do. This was, okay. Uh, I read this yesterday, and I'm just going to read you. It, it's, this blows my mind. Stuff blows my mind a lot, but it should blow everybody's mind in my opinion. Okay, so star-forming material is being delivered to huge galaxies. Scientists led by Ha Fu, an associate professor of astronomy at the University of Iowa, has uh, spotted what they describe as a pipeline gas filament feeding an enormous galaxy that's 2.5 billion years old, um, fresh, cool gases for star forming. Uh, they've been studying this for years, and they they were finally able to confirm uh, 
longstanding models that suggest star-forming material is delivered to huge galaxies via these co- cosmic filaments. So there's like a circular... I mean, this is my take on it. It seems like there's like a circulatory system running through the universe, um, moving these these cool and thinner, and mostly helium and, helium and hydrogen, uh, into these old galaxies that have burned through a lot of their star-forming material and is mostly now just hot metals and stuff floating around, probably forming planets that otherwise would, you know, run out of fuel and distinguish, uh, extinguish, excuse me. And the universe is like pumping it fresh material. That's crazy. And yeah, it makes me, I ran a I told Randall about it yesterday and he was like, it's like we're, we're in their lungs and it, it's, you know, and I'm like, yeah, it does. That's exactly what it feels like to me. It feels like we're a part of a bigger creature um, that we probably will never get to discover because it's so much larger than us, but blows my mind, amazes me. And I think it should amaze you too. Yeah. And just to put it like, cause just to put it more succinctly, the way you messaged, this is what you said in your message. Mm-hmm. Astronomers confirm that the gas filament, that gas filaments that connect galaxies are piping fresh, cold, gases into giant ancient galaxies yes that is exactly yeah, that's just like a i it was a very succinct way of putting the whole concept mm-hmm. um yeah. so like mm-hmm. when we go into space paul says we're a virus um maybe maybe i don't know yeah it just made me think of like okay uh, we're just a cell in an organism mm-hmm. it, it did kind of give me that a creepy little big little feeling of like mm-hmm. because you know i've thought about that before like the, the, the what is it the men in black thing where like which is in a the Marvel enormity scene. of things yeah right. right and like our whole galaxy is just this little tiny thing and this feels like that only much makes us makes me feel much smaller in the scope of things where it's just like oh well like a collection of galaxies is just like a part of an organ of a larger thing or something like that, which right. kind of made me. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited to see what more, what more they can find out. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Jesse, you got anything coming up exciting about? No, Talk but tonight's about. theme was Tom Cruise movies. Was it? Was it? <laughs> yeah. All the right moves. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Uh, American okay. made. There's a few. Yeah. Good job. I, I, did, I didn't even notice. No, <laughs> no more. Stuff. I was. No I more. was. I was. Uh, I was definitely flying under the radar like a Top Gun. <laughs> oh, your your references. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. why I wasn't getting you some of your jokes because yeah, they weren't making. They, were, yeah, they I didn't know. Make sense. I know. I was like, mm, I don't want to point it out. I said risky business at one point. Mm-hmm. See, those make more sense when I know what's happening. <laughs> you know? They were like, "That's a weird one." Uh, all right, it's like you had your eyes wide shut. <laughs> I, I might have got it if okay. I, the difference is night and day. What's that movie where it does? It? the live die repeat thing oh yeah oh, edge of tomorrow yeah edge of tomorrow and they're actually going to call the next movie um live die repeat and repeat 
Oh no. Because really? everyone thought that was the name of the movie anyways. It's because they put out posters with that just said that. And it's like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Their marketing was a mission impossible. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Ghost Recon. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, you know, I don't have anything. Nope. Although, so... Our next live stream will be next. Ooh, will be a s- certain anniversary, and not the Grolix anniversary, but also the Grolix anniversary. Oh, Ooh. I know what that means. Um, so I don't know what we're gonna do there. But yeah, this next week Grolix will will be the seven 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 years of Grolix yeah. this next week. This is a seven-year itch. <laughs> no, good I'm time kidding. to rename the podcast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Prepare yourselves. Oh, what am I going to do with these? This. What are we going to do with our, our all the guy? merch? Yeah, I have yeah. so many. Yeah. I, I have so many business cards. Yeah, I got some uh, buttons too. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh well. Oh well. I think after that last convention, I I decided I wasn't doing them anymore anyway. So <laughs> that's fair. Hi, Clara. What's going on? Um, we are just wrapping up the show, unfortunately, but you can always rewatch if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, everybody. Thanks for watching in the future on the podcast feed. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Daredevil says. Gah! Okay. <laughs> it's mellow yellow daredevil right there. So, yeah. Uh, All right. We're good, Clara. She said, great. How are you? I'll have to learn new locations. No more. Grolixpodcast.com. Pod. Oh. Ooh. Well, well, let's just wait and see what happens. All right. We're not married to anything. You know, it's kind right. of an open relationship kind of thing. Yeah. Right. It's a bit of a swap. Maybe, That's maybe it'll be GCU after seven years. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> we want to mash it up. What is just, yeah. Would you show us your pitch? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Take it easy. Have a good evening. Have a good weekend. Oh, it's Friday night, even. Yeah. Friday night. Feelings all right. My weekend's going to feel way off now. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Grolix Nights, the Grolix podcast live show. Be sure to check out our weekly live streams available at grolixpodcast.com slash live. Currently, we stream Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. For links, once again, go to grolixpodcast.com slash live. Zay. Hey.